Whales and pigs and whales and humans and whales and orchids and whales. It's Upstream Colour and Blackfish on episode 82 of Have You Seen? Hello friends from the internet, welcome to uh, what I guess is the Sundance special episode of Have You Seen? This is episode number 82. Um, We're recording just before Christmas. This will be our last episode before Christmas, by the look of it. Uh, I am Kieran Knackered Beyond Belief Lefort, and uh, in another location, in deepest, darkest Essex again, is uh, Tom full of Christmas cheer web. Yeah, yeah, well, I've... uh, Well, wow, full of Christmas cheer. Yep. (laughs) I well, I finished work about an hour ago, so oh, fun! Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really yes, f- feeling the, the the Christmas spirit at the moment. Yes, even today, trying to watch Christmas movies, I just yeah. <laughs> well, today was my eighth day working in a row, yeah. and um, it was the only one I wasn't in early and or out late. Yes, it's um, it's a bit much. Mm. Um, a first for this show. You're about to hear a sound. Hold on. There we go. That's me opening a bottle of cider. I've decided I want okay. one. <laughs> right. So this is maybe the, the slightly inebriated episode. <laughs> okay, excellent. Because I don't have any ginger beer. Fine. I've got ginger ale on the go. Lovely. Well, mm-hmm. we're suitably lubricated. Yeah. Um, we've each watched movies. Yeah. Uh, we had, what do we have? Uh, Upstream Colour, which we decided to do. Yeah. Um, uh, because it popped up on Netflix and because we love Primer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Blackfish, which was pitched to us by both Graham Hubbard and Pete. Was it Pete Hammond? I believe it was, yes. We're tired. We might not get all the details correct. Yes. Yes, it was Pete Hammond and Graham Hubbard. Yeah. Um, and we watched them. Mm-hmm. So, as far as I'm aware, we both did uh, a double bill. Yeah. Just through, just I think through work constraints, we just ended up both having to watch the movies back to back because it was the only sort of... Yes. It ended up being the only time we had to do it. So. Yes, indeed. Uh, so uh, we shall do them in the order we watch them. Uh, upstream colour first. Uh, and all I'm going to read you is what I read you last week. Yeah. In, by way of pitch. Okay, okay. Uh, from Wikipedia. Upstream colour is about two people whose lives and behaviours are affected by a complex parasite without knowing it. That has a three-stage life cycle in which it passes from humans to pigs to orchids. Someone has edited this since last week. A man and a woman are drawn together, entangled in the life cycle of an ageless organism. Identity becomes an illusion as they struggle to assemble the loose fragments of wrecked lives. Mm. Uh, It is the second film from Shane Carruth, who wrote, directed, scored, starred in, produced, edited, uh, made the tea on Primer, Mm -hmm. uh, which we loved way, way back in episode six. Yeah, a long time ago. Indeed. Uh, And uh, we wanted to see this when it came out and didn't get the opportunity. And then we noticed it popped up on Netflix. And as we had Blackfish to go with it, we thought, why not make a Sundance episode? Mm. Since they both uh, they both uh, premiered at Sundance this year and people watched them. <laughs> I'm so tired. I, I can tell. <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm trying to keep the energy up. But uh, <laughs> I need some... Uh, wait, hang on. One second. Um, uh, Tom, uh, tell the audience lovely things. One moment. Okay, I have no idea what I'm supposed to say right now. Um, other than the fact that... Uh, 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 I, I don't know what to say. Why Why do I have to say stuff? Why do you prattle about? Uh, I won't hear that till the edit. Okay, I have to fine. Have phones out and run across the room. No. All oh, right, uh, fine. I have one of my favourites. I think you'll find it's... What the hell was that? That? Yeah. Um, that's me <laughs> opening a packet. Uh, 
I have refreshers, which are oh. one of my favourite sweets. Yeah, I can't resist. Once I start a pack, I can't no, finish well, it. No, I haven't got refreshers. I want refreshers and now. They're, they're full of shit. Well, if this was in the submersible, then you'd be able to have them. I know. That sucks. I love refreshers. Stup- I remember having a refreshers milkshake once. That was um, like, wow. Um, how, stupidly. How, I've just put two in my mouth on a show where I need to talk. Yeah, that's brilliant. Okay. Um, well, we're going to talk about upstream colour. So, shall I just dive in with what I thought of it first? Go for it. Okay. I really didn't like it. Okay. <laughs> I, um, I, if I, I actively hated it, actually. Um, really? Yeah. I. It's a bit... I can see... You can tell it's by the same guy that made Primer because it kind of throws you in and expects you to kind of keep up. Yeah. But I think the difference with between the two is... Primer's got an interesting premise and is around a subject that is, you know, theoretical and complex and very scientific, but something you everybody kind of has a bit of knowledge about because everybody's seen something like Back to the Future or, mm. you know, there's, there's, there's kind of an ingrained sort of knowledge of time travel and some of the vague issues that people have with it and stuff. So I yes. think Primer, in a way... As inaccessible as Primer kind of is, it's more accessible than this. And I would say you're dead right there. Yes, and I would. It's just I. There was no hook. There's no reason to watch this movie. The people aren't that interesting. What's going on doesn't really make any sense. And it just, I just, there's a bit. Yeah, it's all, it's all kind of wrapped together in hipstery bullshit cinematography on a DSLR. And I didn't, I just could not get into it at Mm -hmm. all. So I didn't like it. Fair enough. Um, I also didn't like it. <laughs> right. Uh, but I didn't like it less than you didn't like it, I think. <laughs> right, okay. Fair um, enough. I Okay, halfway down my notes I've written, I so badly want to get all the camera footage to recut this and pull the story out of it. Yeah, exactly. That's the There's problem. There's one in there, but it's buried under lots of obtuse layers. Yeah, and, and that's the problem I have is it's kind of like you're, you know, there is a really good idea in there somewhere and it's just mm. you're not... You, you're just kind of covering it up with all this, like, just, I don't know, just making it pretentious for the sake of it, Yeah, in a way. And I just felt that kind of really undermined it. I felt like I was watching a squandered opportunity. Yeah, 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 I can see that, absolutely. Um, it was. It goes a bit kind of Terence Malicky, lots of, you know, shots of things that have no significance that look like what? they're supposed thought, to have significance i thought exactly the same thing having never even seen a terence malick film <laughs> right just okay. having seen like trailers for them and clips yeah, yeah. never seen a full yeah. terence malick film i thought exactly the same thing yeah well, i also thought this is what would happen if shane carruth got to make an episode of fringe yeah okay yeah kind of yeah yeah i think i don't know i think they'd probably make him make it more sense <laughs> well yes um well i i can make it make sense Go on. Okay. The story, it's... Okay, I, I put... This feels like it's in the wrong order, and I don't mean in a Pulp Fiction way. Right, yeah. The story, if you uh, move a few scenes around and have the actress have her second haircut all the way through rather than going from long hair to short hair... Yeah. A disgraced former broker tries to find out what's making his wife act so strangely and uncovers somewhat supernatural causes and that he and many others may also have been subjected to the same thing. Yes. Although they're not actually husband and wife, are they? They are. They get married. Oh, they do at the end, don't they? Near the end. Uh, about halfway through. Halfway through, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's all very um, just uh, meh. And it's um, 
what it did remind me of when I was sitting there watching it was this is the this is the type of movie that Rubber is spoofing. Um, I suppose it is. You know, just that kind of. I don't know if I could watch Rubber again to. to Really, I, I no. love that. But just it's that whole speech at the beginning about you know the guy gives you know why am I holding a glass of water? It doesn't matter. You yeah. know, it's that kind of thing. It's it's just that doing things for the sake of just doing them, and mm. it, it's kind of. I think, like you say, this would have made a great episode of Fringe because you could just cut it down to a forty-five minute story. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's, I think that's half, part of the problem. Half an hour of story in a ninety-minute movie. Yeah, and and the rest of it is just you know shots that are just you know supposed to be visual and interesting and have mm. a meaning but they just lose their meaning because you're bored mm. i did like there was there was one moment i really did like there's mm. a scene um that, should we try and explain what's going on well you, you can if you like i kind of lost i just lost the will to care what was going on to be honest <laughs> okay fine um a woman in a club gets drugged by a bloke who's stolen something um he then he can then mind control her a bit uses her to uh drain her sell her house drain her savings uh it just uses it as an elaborate form of robbery really um she loses her job uh a scene i did like is the scene where she gets fired um caruth is very good at subtle reveals Right, uh, and the scene where she gets fired happens in two shots, and the only bridge between them is the security guard. Right, because you're seeing from the employer's not quite the employer's point of view, but from the employer's side of the desk, and you see the woman, Chris, yeah, arguing for why she should keep her job and why she's been off, yeah, for so long because she goes, she goes missing for days. Um, uh, and in the background, you just see the dark blue shirt and badge of a security guard step in. And then it cuts outside and her walking away towards the camera and the security card is just in the background still. Right. And uh, it's two shots and you know exactly what's happened. Right. Uh, I, I, mean, I didn't notice that. Okay. Um, uh, she gets fired. She ends up meeting um, Shane Carew's character, Jeff, um, who, apart from a couple of shots of him jogging, doesn't actually appear until... He actually appears exactly 30 minutes into his own movie. Yeah. I was um, quite surprised he didn't turn up sooner, actually. Mm. Uh, he's very bad at first dates. He's also very bad at second dates, I noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they eventually get married. They stare at their feet a lot. I wrote, stop staring at your goddamn feet in capital letters. <laughs> right. Um, he, their minds become linked in some strange way. But yeah, like, kind each of. Each of them will tell stories about, the, about their childhood. Hmm. But when she's telling a story, he thinks it's about him. And when he tells a story, she thinks it's about her. Yeah. And that's all cross-cut in a very strange way, like over the passage of time. Yeah. Um, and But there's one section in that where they're kind of standing in the middle of the road having a bit of an argument about, you know, whose childhood friend Rennie was. Yeah. Um, and somebody who's obviously not part of the production whistles from off camera. Right. Uh, and Caruth, they stop talking. Caruth gives him a death stare off camera, uh, and they just leave it in, leave it in the movie. Just turns away, stares like away off camera at this guy. She stops talking, uh, and then they just cut to something else. Um, there's something to do with pigs. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, that's the second stage. There's like the, there's the sound man, who, yes. a sound man slash pig farmer. 
Yes. Uh, who seems to control... Which is an interesting um, set of careers. Yeah, well, he seems to control... He looks after the pigs that are the second stage of the organism that has been in these two. Mm. There's, there's a the whole raft, like, just shot after shot after shot of him dropping rocks mm. and uh, scraping things with a rasp. And it's just like, oh, really? Apparently this is what Ben Burt does in his off time. Yeah, well, it's, it's like, okay, yeah, I get I get the idea he's recording sound. You could have done that in two shots. Like mm. you did the, the, the plot point of mm. uh, her getting fired. Whereas this, you spend five minutes... Dropping rocks. Dropping rocks. And it's like, why? Why not? I don't know. I did quite yeah, like just... the shots of the, of the rocks sliding around the, uh, sliding around the tunnel. Yeah, nice enough shots, but there's no need for them. Well, no, that's true. You know. They don't, they don't, um, it's it's this is one of the things I think I found very difficult is all the things that don't progress the story were given lots of time and lots of beautiful shots and all the things that did progress the story were just kind of you know yeah. rushed through in either a shot or two shots or half yeah. a scene which is yeah, why you, you could, just you don't get you're not bothered you're not interested no no the only the other bit I really liked is another of the subtle reveals is a shot where uh, after they've been to bed for the first time, right. uh, you see their uh, the covers come up above their feet, yeah. uh, and you can see where she has a she has a scar, mm, and he where does the as strange well. pig man has removed the has removed the the worm Bug, the parasite, yeah. Um, and yeah, and and he's got a, a matching one which is obviously older, yeah, but it's never mentioned again that he has undergone the same process. No, no, that's the only reference to the fact that he has. She it, does at that... one point. There's a shot later on where she touches it, and he just pulls his foot away. Right, and that's it. And I don't even think yeah. that was needed. Actually, I no. got it from the from the first yeah. shot. Is that the one? Because I, I've got uh, what I think should have been the real title uh, here, which was the mm. scene that ends with "sex in a field full of pigs," <laughs> <laughs> where they're, they're they're kind of making love in their flowing white white sheets, and then suddenly they're in a, they're, they are in the middle of a field full of pigs. Yes. Mm. It's um, I don't want to use the phrase studenty. Yeah, I I know what you mean though. Yeah. Mm. Um. Oh, do I have any gold in my notes? Oh, the other thing I did wonder in Primer, did he drive a Volvo? Uh, I don't remember. I because I because this this was how bored I was when he suddenly started. He turned up in his Volvo. I thought, God, I wonder if that. I have a vague remem- uh, like memory that he drove a Volvo in Primer, and I wonder if wondered if it was the same one. <laughs> you think it's his? Um, yeah, I just his, wondered his if it was his car. It will follow him from film to film. Yeah, exactly. Like I just wondered if it was just his car, and he's had it for like fifteen years or whatever, and he's he's still driving it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's entirely possible. Yeah. Um, have you got any gold in your notes anywhere? Uh, not really. The only moral I could extrapolate from this was mm. uh, don't ingest a maggot or you may kill a pig farmer who makes sound effect CDs. Yes. Well, I wrote bang, bang, bang. That's for drowning those piglets in the shit CDs. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I get, I understand. Uh, well, here we are. I wrote, I get it. You're saying something about routine and free will and possibly bacon, but you could at least wrap it up in a narrative. Yeah, I, I, I kind of get the, I, I kind of get the feeling that, uh, I, the overriding thing is I'm being excluded from what's going on because I'm not clever enough to work it out. But I have a suspicion is whatever that is, it's absolute bollocks. Um, it's. What I got from it was we all do the same thing day in, day out. 
as if we're being controlled by something. Right. Um, uh, we there is no real free will. Right. Um, it's interesting because I don't have that mindset anyway, so maybe that's why I didn't connect with it. Well, you've never been an office drone, have you? Well, that's I've, true. I've spent, yeah. I've spent time as an office drone. Yeah. No, I've and I've I've never really I've never. Yeah, I've never really had to be forced into a routine that I didn't, I wasn't willing mm. to go into. So, yeah, mm. maybe that's why I just really didn't connect with it because I don't relate to that sort of mm. that lifestyle. It's yeah, yeah, it did not, did not. I, I was massively disappointed after after how good Primer was for the budget, yes. whereas this felt like it was a cheap art movie. Yes, whereas Primer doesn't. I know what you mean. Yeah. I'll still be interested to follow. Caruth to see if he strikes gold again. Yeah, I'd like if he went back to the. It's science. a difficult second album, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, funny enough, I was thinking exactly that when when I was watching it. Uh, maybe I think he needs to go back to something. Science. Yeah, or so, you know something that people have an instant. Okay, well, I kind of I know this is a subject that I don't understand, but I get, I understand that there is this subject. Mm. You know, it's like uh, if you wanted to do it on, uh, you know neurology then okay well i understand that there is a science of neurology and that it's you know there are synapses in the brain etc etc so therefore you know fine whereas this it's just like well this clearly doesn't exist in any way Hmm. um so it's obviously of your making i and i I feel like you know you said you you hate to use the word studenty i i think it's the problem of when you uh when you're that heavily involved in the amount of control that he has, like you are when you make a student film, you know that story inside out. And because you've written it, you know exactly what's going on. And then when you start to move things around, make it more interesting, cut things out, you lose track of the of some of the stuff that you cut out, which then I makes it your, nonsensical your brain is because still filling in the bits. Exactly, you, yeah, yeah. You, you still know the whole picture exactly, and you you know you move things around, you cut things out, and you you think, oh, we don't we don't need that. Uh, that's you know, or oh, I really like doing this, so I'm going to do that, and you, you miss you miss some key things that then make it make sense. Mm. And I think that's that's what I get from that studenty feel because mm. I and I know that because I've made those mistakes. Yes. He's clearly an intelligent and interesting filmmaker. I just think uh, he's missed with this one. Yeah, same here. Uh, I mean, um, exactly that. So, I, well, perhaps, yeah. perhaps we should end this on my final note. Go on, then. I've no idea what the fuck I just watched. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd concur. Marvellous. Um, well, much less obfuscated is Blackfish. Yes. Uh, which is a documentary uh, about, uh, specifically about uh, Tilikum, a whale at SeaWorld. Um, he's an enormous beast. Mm. Uh, at one point, he's uh, described as weighing twelve thousand pounds. Yes, which is just—I um, just can't. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, he is, uh, and you see him on the screen. He is quite physically double the size of any other whale in there. Yeah, I mean, he is huge. Um, I should try and find one of the pictures we were sent for this yes. possibly not pete no given what happened to me when i tried to read that out last week yeah. i was listening to that show on the train right. this morning uh like kind of in pre- preparation to um refresh my memory yeah and um i just uh, giggling into my sleeve uh, <laughs> uh on a crowded commuter train yeah oh no that was a, that was a terrible piece of searching on my ipad what the hell is Pekak Fosh? There we go. Right. I've got Graham's pitch email here. Right. Hold on. 
Uh, I shall read it again in full, actually. Okay. Uh, introduced to us by the head of horror programming for Sundance, Utah, with the opening confession that he's pretty desensitized to most stuff he sees in his job, but this was the one film that he's seen recently that stayed with him for days after. Blackfish is the story of a killer whale called Tillicum, who now lives in SeaWorld in Orlando. We learn through the documentary that Tillicum has had a traumatic life. What becomes clear is the devastating impact that human mistreatment has had on this sensitive giant. Disturbing and at times brutally graphic, Blackfish is the story of how Tillicum becomes a liability for SeaWorld, yet regardless of this, they can't let go, basically because the sums don't add up. Brainwashed staff and a total sense of denial add to the sense that when needs must, multi-million dollar businesses will show their true colours when it comes to profit and upholding a reputation. If only more people saw this, maybe SeaWorld would become extinct. A real-life chiller. Um, do you have anything to add to that? How did you find Blackfish? Um, I thought it was really interesting, actually. Mm. Um, I, I, to say I enjoyed this is the wrong term of phrase. Um, but yeah, I, I was uh, really fascinated by it. And um, I was trying to think about... Uh, I mean, it, it, I mean the, the whole thing is very apparent that it, what they are doing is wrong. And I think that a lot of... Uh, uh, I recently saw in the news that um, a whole group of schools that, that had like an annual deal with SeaWorld, uh, that they would go to SeaWorld every year, they take classes there, have, have cancelled that contract based purely on this film. Uh, Graham actually linked to a great article, uh, sent me a link to an article on Facebook today. Right. Uh, and, and which I'm now attempting to find, and okay. my computer is being horrifically slow, possibly because I'm trying to Skype with Tom and record a podcast yeah. at the same time. Um, I, like I said, I think I think it's uh, it, the, the film is set, doing what it set out to achieve, which is making people really aware of what they're doing. And mm. I mean, it's always been a bit of an issue as to whether you should keep animals in captivity like this. Um, I think there's a difference for example, between, say, some of the zoos we have in England and some of the zoos in America uh, to SeaWorld. And that is that if uh, if you go to London Zoo or you go to Colchester Zoo or, or Whipsnade or Longleat mm. or wherever, you're seeing, even when they're in, uh, in like, uh, Colchester and London where the things are in, uh, the animals are in enclosures rather than areas, um, mm. you're seeing these, these animals in the, in habitats and they're large, uh, you know, as large as they can be, they're, they're, and they're well looked after, they're not overcrowded and all this kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, it's a good conservation and educational tool that zoos have become you know they started mm-hmm. off as you know let's show off a lion and they've turned into let's look after these animals let's make sure they survive and let's conserve them let's teach people about them and that's that's really great the difference yes. with SeaWorld is come and see these whales perform yes yeah, it's the performing aspect that um you know, and I think that's that's the you know, and because basically you can't an animal won't perform unless it's coerced, and yes. and that's got to be done by uh, negative reinforcement and positive reinforcement. Yes. Um, you know, there's no they, other way to do it. It's classical conditioning. It's the you know, it's Pavlov's dogs. It's the only way you can make an animal do something. Consistently, yes, uh, in particular, they 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 withhold food, don't they? Yeah, the, the yeah. Which world. I mean, yeah, they you know they withhold food until they get something right, and then they get food. Mm. Um, which is, I mean, just that when you say it is is a barbaric thought to withhold mm. food from a living animal is just mm. you know. 
absolutely crazy. And it, I think it gets more and more upsetting the more you realise how intelligent the whales are. Yes. And I think the scene that really rams that home is when the guy that caught Tillicum, or no, maybe think did he catch I think he might have done, but he was, he's talking about when they were off the coast of Washington State and uh, they were hunting whales and there was a pod and the whale pod split. Yes. With the mother and baby whales, because they knew they were after the small ones, went off in one direction and the others drew the boats away in the other direction. Yes. You think, well, there's, there's a level of understanding of the situation and communication, which is just, you know, absolutely phenomenal, really. Yeah. And not, and not something you would expect from, well, what you would expect in animals, I suppose. No, to break away on a slightly light note and not to make light of any of this situation, I want to move you about that tattooed old boat captain. Yes, he was fascinating. Particularly for one line he says, right. which was, uh, I've been involved in uh, overthrowing governments in South and Central America, but this is by far the worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> yes. I mean, he, yeah, he was like... I'm like, well, what, what kind of life have you lived? I need, I know. I need a biopic about that, you. That was the sort of throwaway, a bit like in Queen of Versailles when the guy said he helped uh, Bush get elected not necessarily illegally it's that kind of throw line you're like wait 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 no that's what this film should be about what, what did you just say yes. um, but no he was fascinated you could see how upset he was mm, about definitely. about what he'd done and um, you know I think the, like I said the scene where they're lifting this calf out and the, the whole pod are just there wailing in a wall mm. and it was just I, yeah something I wrote later on actually is I don't need to see any more mother whales screaming for their babies yeah I mean, it was yeah it's heartbreaking watching that I think absolutely yeah. um uh 60 seconds in and I already had a shiver through my spine because mm. there's underwater footage of a whale um that cuts just before it munches a trainer yeah yeah you kind of um, see it go for the yeah and I physically and audibly went when yeah. that happened. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a hell of a thing. This film It is very much. I mean, I think it's fascinating as well. I mean, I, mm. I, I, I thought all the stuff about the neuroscience of the whales was really interesting. And I'd actually quite like to see a documentary more about that. I um, thought exactly the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I know I, it's a very separate I want to see inside documentary. A whale's brain. Mm, yeah, because I mean, the, the, it was interesting. They were saying that they have certain bits that are developed differently to humans. Uh, particularly, mm. they think they're incredibly emotionally intelligent. The emotion centers, yeah. yeah. So that's what kind of fascinates me, really. Um, mm. And that they have such personality, each of these whales. Even when you see them in captivity, having sort of playing with the trainers, and you can tell that they're they're, they're having fun. You, yes. you can sense the emotions with them. Mm. Um, and then you see the trainers saying, "Oh," and then we 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 would just shove them, you know, stick them in this twenty foot by thirty foot. Yeah, tank not overnight just, not just, just one, one of them like, in three, a 20 yeah. by 30 foot tank like four of them yeah that was I mean that was just I, yeah I, I couldn't get over that they they you know I, I guess it's funny when they're there they're, they're talking about the fact that that sort of corporate blindness and I, yeah. I, I think what I found also fascinating was all of the trainers didn't have a background in marine biology or anything like that they were just you know it was like if you're good, good looking people who could swim exactly yeah so they yeah. all the information they had about the whales was given to them by sea world mm. i think one of them says at one point i know nothing about killer whales i know how to train them i know yeah. how to interact with them uh in a show but i don't know anything about them and i think mm. that's that was the really the key argument really 
Yeah. Um, I think what... Go on. Sorry, go for it, go for it. I think one of the only people that seemed to have a real knowledge of what to do was the guy that effectively got attacked but survived. The one mm. who got grabbed by the leg and just dragged to the bottom. Like, oh, uh, what's his and name? Up Ken and, Peters. Yeah. And the, yeah. up and down he was going. And he was like. That whole scene. Yeah. Oh, just my the God. Way he was keeping calm. And whenever yeah. they came back to the surface, he would just stroke the whale. Yeah. He'd stroke, stroke it, calm, calm it down. Yeah. And just take breaths because he knew he was going to get dragged back under. And it was yeah. saying the pressure was up to two atmospheres. Yeah. And it was only because he knew how to scuba dive that he knew how to not get the yes. bends effectively. Yeah. I, that just. Yeah, it was phenomenal, really, watching that happen. Because you knew that was the very, that was a real tipping point for that whale. It was going to go one way or the other, and he just mm. about got away with it. Um, yeah, there are two main lessons you, I'm taking away from this film. Um, don't fuck with anything that weighs 12,000 pounds. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, and don't try to teach anything with the word killer in its name, cute tricks for kids. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've been lucky enough to see uh, killer whales in the wild. Mm-hmm. And they're very, you know, when you see a pod of them just sort of swimming, they all seem very gentle and very kind of, be- I mean, they're stunning creatures. And they're mm. just beautiful gliding through the water and, you know, coming up and getting air and all that kind of stuff. And you can see the attraction of why you'd want people to come and see them and, and what they are but you know get on a boat and go off the coast and see them in the wild that's exactly what don't, i was thinking don't stick I'd them love, in a I tank i'd love to see whales but i want to see them in the wild yeah yeah um, i mean i've i mean i've not only seen killer whales but i've seen um uh humpbacks and things like that and i've I had some quite close encounters with them as well and i've mm. got and i have some amazing footage and it is absolutely uh breathtaking when you see that how huge they are I mean, mm. you can't I, you can't quite comprehend just how massive they are until you're you're close to them, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad I saw I, I'm glad I never kind of went anywhere like that Sea World. I'm glad yes. I saw them in 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 the wild and and how they're supposed to be. Mm. You mentioned at the beginning uh, about the schools that have withdrawn from mm, their yeah. trips to Sea World. I found the article that Graham linked to right, uh, and basically. Um, here we are, I'll read this first one uh, it's been confirmed that 8 out of the 10 artists originally scheduled to perform at SeaWorld's bands, blues and barbecue have dropped out uh, of the concert series wow. uh, Martina McBride, 38 Special Willie Nelson, Bare Naked Ladies Trisha Yearwood, Cheap Trick Heart and REO Speedwagon have all cancelled their appearances wow excellent uh, also uh, two of SeaWorld's major shareholders mm. have uh, offloaded a combined total of over 37 million of their shares wow yeah people are jumping ship uh, I think this recently aired on CNN in um, right in the US as in within the last week that's good I mean like I said I think I, you know I, like I said earlier I think I think you know to some extent zoos are important and things like that but but not this sort of performance thing i think that, yes. that's what seems so weird a zoo about is not it. a show yeah exactly yeah yeah okay sure you know you might have uh, feeding time where you get to go and see sea lions and stuff being fed but that's mm. their daily routine and that's when they get fed it's not let's see them do tricks to get food yeah you know so that yeah i think it's just it's I think it's really one of the things I really did like actually was when they did a little montage of each of the because they spoke to all the trainers in the movie, yeah. Um, and you do kind of sit there thinking, well, you did this. Why, you know, what 
And I know we find out what changed their mind, but you know, you were a part of this. And I think it's really nice to have the montage at the end of them uh, on sort of news channels and programs basically saying to stop Seawell doing this. And you get that you get that bit where you realise that okay, they're they're actively trying to get this stopped after mm. being so close to it. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, I recommend this film. I don't think, uh, like you said, I, I don't think like is the word for it. No, no. But I certainly recommend that people see it. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a really important movie because it doesn't just apply to whales. It applies to all animals that are well, kept yes. in these sorts of conditions. You know, you often. I think Eastern European, uh, Eastern Europe, there's a, a big tradition of sort of the dancing bears and things like that. You know. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, uh, the only uh, well, my last note, which has nothing to do with the film, mm-hmm. um, and, and it was just something that made me laugh because I because I taped this off of uh, BBC Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the, like most TV programs now, the credits get uh, halfway through and then they shrink into a little box and they plug yeah. whatever's coming next. The program that came on after this was called West Coast Otters. <laughs> <laughs> and it just i just thought of this kind of weird sort of marine rap battle that was going on <laughs> west coast otters versus the east coast whales yeah absolutely yeah east coast killers yeah um okay we should move on absolutely uh, yeah. before we get to pitches uh i have a quick note uh a tweet i must read from phil austin oh yeah i saw i tried to retweet this it didn't work I'll try uh, again it, says, at some point. it just says, you might want to let people know that Amazon's current two for £10 Blu-ray sale includes Rope, Rear Window, and In Bruges. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've just been flicking through it. The uh, Kick-Ass is also in there. Cool. In terms of films we've covered. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's about all I've found of stuff we've done so okay. far. But uh, Awesome. I have a feeling there's bargains to be had. Mm, sounds like it. Oh, Jurassic Park. I don't have Jurassic Park on Blu-ray. Really? Add I do. Basket. It looks amazing. Yeah, I love that movie. I've got, I've actually got the the box set of all three of them, and they they all look really good actually. I only want to watch the first one again. Yeah. I don't care about the other two. I've never seen them. I'm going to pretend they don't exist, like the two Matrix sequels. <laughs> right, okay. So pitches, mm-hmm. you or me? Uh, I don't mind. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. Why don't I go? All right. Um, I'm blatantly going to read off Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, and IMDb because I saw this movie a few weeks ago I've been meaning to watch it again to do the pitch uh, and I take notes I just haven't had time I promise I will watch it again before we record your review alright I decided we needed something fun and light after what's been quite a heavy week yeah Uh, so I thought back to what have I seen that's new and fun and uh, silly that Tom might like Uh, and I came across came across in my uh, memory banks a small Irish uh, comedy horror film called Grabbers. Right. Um, it's made for a very small amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I shall read you the uh, synopsis, the one-line synopsis okay. from IMDb. All right. When an island off the coast of Ireland is invaded by blood-sucking aliens, the heroes discover that getting drunk is the only way to survive. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, there is nobody in it you recognise. Well, there's one person in it you recognise. Uh, mm-hmm. Were they in Father Ted? What? Were they <laughs> in Father Ted? No, it's oh. the guy, the one Englishman. It's Russell Tovey. Oh, right, uh, okay. Who, yes, who is... Um, I don't think I've ever watched anything with him in, but I know who he is. Yeah, you know his ears, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's a he's a British TV actor. He's in a bunch of stuff. He's very good, right. actually. Uh, and he plays the like the lone Englishman mm-hmm. uh, 
on this strange Irish little island. Okay. Um, and I just like this because uh, it's a good, excuse me, it's good, silly, low-budget fun. Okay, cool. Um, uh, the monster is uh, creative and different mm-hmm. uh, compared to the usual movie aliens. Okay, that's good. Uh, the premise is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the jokes are silly. Uh, the special effects actually are really good. Uh, I was just reading that this had a budget of four million pounds. Wow, okay. Uh, which isn't a gigantic amount of money. No. Uh, and I'm going to read this a bit of uh, where, the, the, where the idea came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, the writer, uh, Kevin Lehane, was backpacking across the world um, being bitten by mosquitoes. He heard yeah. the urban legend that eating Marmite prevents mosquito bites. Right. Uh, hearing that, he wondered whether mosquitoes also got hung over from drinking bl- drunk people's blood. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, I, when he came home, he wrote grabbers on the premise, get drunk to survive. Interesting. Okay, fair enough. So it's not a massively long pitch. Oh, fair enough. Uh, it's fun and silly. Uh, it's on both US and UK Netflix. Oh, cool, awesome. Uh, and it's uh, just a fun way to sp- a fun way to spend ninety minutes. Cool, sounds good. There we go. Uh, more extensive notes to come next week. Excellent. Well, I I decided too that I should probably pitch you a comedy. Um, so I went for what is pretty much the closest thing Alfred Hitchcock ever made to to making a comedy. Okay. But it's Alfred Hitchcock. So as you can imagine, it does start with a like a 6-year-old boy finding a corpse. Well, we have discussed that Alfred Hitchcock had quite the twisted sense of humor. He humour. did, yeah. So I'm going to picture a film called The Trouble with Harry. Okay. Um and The Trouble with Harry is that he's dead. Um, uh, that's quite a big trouble, yeah. yeah. And this is kind of, it's almost like a prototype weekend at Bernie's. Okay. So it's about a group, like a, the kind of a group of people who've got to deal with this body and figure out what to do with it and how to dispose of it or utilise it or make sure that nobody, like, find out who's responsible and if anyone is responsible, whether they should be caught for it or not. So it's kind of one of those sorts of films. Um, he, Hitchcock made it as a, an experiment, a twofold experiment to for, see if anybody found him funny. Well, it, first off, was would an American audience find subtle humour funny? Right. Okay. Um, so this isn't kind of a laugh out loud film, but there are there are some amazing pieces of dialogue and some brilliantly understated performances and some really great like off the hand like off the cuff comments. Mm-hmm. Um, the other experiment he did was could he make a movie that had no star and still make it a success? Mm-hmm. So there's. I'm going to say. You haven't heard of anybody in this film, is well, what you're trying to say? You have. Um, okay. Just not at the time. So uh, right. the film introduces Shirley MacLaine. So it was oh, her right. first okay. movie. And also John Forsyth, who is most famous for being the voice of Charlie in Charlie's Angels. Um, he, he's, he's the male lead. I in thought it you could have well. sentence with Charlie in the Chocolate Factory no. for a second. No. Um, it, is, it is wickedly funny, as you can imagine Hitchcock would be. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of, it's, it's just really interesting. Uh, the colour, the, it's shot uh, in colour. And it looks amazing. It's really bright and colourful and quite stunning. It was the first time Hitchcock worked with Bernard Herrmann as well. Um, so mm. that kind of set up that that uh, relationship. What year is this? Uh, 50... Crap. 56, I, I think. I, did, I thought I'd written it down, but I didn't. 
Uh, 55. 55. Okay. I've just so opened it up on IMDb. Um, now, like I was saying before, this movie was this experiment to see whether American audiences could deal with this kind of more subtle, darker sense of humour and also cope without having a star to latch on to. Mm-hmm. This film absolutely bombed in the States. <laughs> oh, well, what a surprise. But it ran for 18 months in France and it ran, huh. for, and it ran for a year in the UK. Interesting. So it was it it was interesting that it, it was a very successful film, just not where Hitchcock thought it would be. And I suspect it's why Hitchcock never really came back to making like a full on comedy or anything like that, because he just thought the biggest market didn't have the audience for it. Mm. So in a, and I guess in a way, it's got the feel of like a really it's like a baby sort of in Bruges or the guy. It's got that kind of really dark side to it. I've just read the but, one, line but not on not sort of pushed to the extremes as in Bruges. And, mm. you know. I'm just reading the one the one line on IMDb. The trouble with Harry is that he's dead, and everyone seems to have a different idea of what needs to be done with his body. Exactly, yeah, and it is. I mean, it is. It's it's just brilliantly silly. Mm. Um, everybody in it is good. Uh, like I said, there's some great lines. Um, yeah, and I just I just thought it would be an interesting one to cover, really. Excellent, and it'll be a cool. bit more, bit more light and entertaining than killer, killer whales, and uh, pretentious bullshit. Marvelous, good. <laughs> um, well, I think we're done, really, aren't we? I think so. Uh, shorter than the last couple of shows. Yes. Um, I think it's because we've had short pitches, really. But it'll oh, be yes. a long show next time. Uh, yes, next I won't, I won't say next our, week, uh, just in case. But next episode. Well, the plan is next week, isn't it? It is, but we'll see. Um, uh, we're kind of uh, this show uh, is probably going to be the quickest ever to hit the internet because we have to upload it tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, because from tomorrow until December the twenty seventh, uh, iTunes are not allowing any new episodes to be submitted. They're disabling that function for whatever reason. I imagine for to cope with massive Christmas downloads of stuff they're selling. Yeah, I, I, I assume maintenance and things. Yeah, possibly. Um, so, uh, yeah, we have to rush this one up tonight and we can't then put another one up till the 28th. No. At the earliest. And we'd like to get another one done before the end of the year, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we want to do... We want to do. Uh, we want to wrap up 2013. Yeah. Uh, as we have done in previous years. Yeah. Um, and and do a little, we're going to do a little overview of some bits and pieces, won't we? So. Yeah. Cool. Yes, indeed. Uh, I am trying to find the uh, plugs and thanks. Cool. I've, sw- uh, I've switched my tablet off, so I can't help you there. I'm having search issues. Hold on. All right. Well, I know the blog is uh, haveyouseen.net, so that's a start. Good start. Oh, perhaps you uh, use this as a memory test for Tom. Okay. Uh, you've got five things to hit. You've just got one. Okay. Uh, www.facebook.com forward slash haveyouseenpodcast. Very good. Um, podcast at haveyouseen.net. Very good. That's the email address. Uh, at HYS Podcast, which is the Twitter. That's the easiest one to remember. That's four out of five. What's the last one? Now, the last one, that's got to be the YouTube channel, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think I've ever learnt or ever read out because you've always said, oh, I've got the address for that. So okay. that's one I don't know. Um, oh, f- four out of five is very good. Yeah, not too bad. But I'd imagine if you just went to YouTube and typed in, have you seen dot dot question mark, you would find our channel. because I know you can because I've done it. Or you could go to youtube.com slash... Oh, I can't... Oh, too much. I've finished the bottle of cider, by the <laughs> <Right>. way. <laughs> youtube.com slash user slash have you seen... 
I've even got it wrong. It's right in front of me. Oh, it's time to finish. Yeah. YouTube.com slash user slash HYS podcast. There we go. There we go. And that will bring you awesome. up uh, little videos yeah. of uh, Tom pitching movies. I now have all the equipment I need to start doing these as well. Excellent. I need to do some more. And yes. I'm hoping I'm going to find some time over Christmas. Yes, um, I need a rest first. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, I'm going into a couple of busy days so i probably mm. i might not be able to get one done until after boxing day but i'm going to try and do some uh I, I, if I might there's one i wanted to do before christmas which i don't know if i'm gonna have time to but i'll try we'll it's see. okay it's okay it's a busy time for everybody it is we like shares and likes on facebook particularly if new show posts mm-hmm. we like retweets on twitter especially if new show tweets we like reviews and ratings on itunes because they keep us visible and we like your pitches for new films and reviews of stuff we've covered yeah absolutely yeah um so, if you have seen uh, Grabbers or The Trouble with Harry... Wow, uh, you remembered it. It's on the screen in front of me. Yeah, uh, excellent. <laughs> uh, you can send it to any of those things that Tom mentioned before. Yep. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening, especially if you've done any of those things. Yes. Uh, thank you, of course, to Alexia Mom for his technical expertise. As always. Um, and, uh, yes, Merry Christmas to one and all. Yes, Merry uh, Christmas. Hope everyone has a lovely uh, time off if they've got time off or if you're working. Don't Sorry, work too hard yeah. and listen to lots of Have You Seen. So yeah. there's now 82 episodes. Yeah. Okay. Um, which has got to be over 100 hours of just us babbling yeah. uh, on available on iTunes and uh, other fine That's podcast podcasty establishments. Yeah. I've been re-listening to some on my commutes the last few days. Right. Um, uh, you ranting about Cool as Ice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and us acting out sections of the room <laughs> uh, make me laugh quite a lot. Okay, excellent. excellent. Um, yeah, somebody was so yeah. telling me that uh, they listened to the Howard Duck episode today and thought that uh, our our ranting at that was was extremely entertaining. Yes, uh, I've also been told that my uh, attempts to get out the last line of Pete's pitch <laughs> for Blackfish last week um, yeah. caused as many giggles for the listener as it did for the reader. Excellent. So, will everybody go and prepare their turkeys? Yep. Um, And we should hopefully uh, see you in a week, maybe. Hopefully. All right. Bye. Happy Christmas. Bye. Does that sound all right? Because I don't hear myself anymore. I just hear you and it's really (laughs) off-putting. Yeah, that sounded fine to me. You did that little weird uh, Skype fart. (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, that was just having to be farting on Skype. <laughs>